Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Hour number two of Oilers Now. It's 105 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer out of the city's south side. Along with Brendan Escott, who's over at the 630 Chet Studios. Brendan, it's only going to be like, oh, I don't know, uh, maybe September. We can actually start to do the show in in person together at the same time. That would be, uh, I guess you would have ended up getting about an 18-month break for me as a result of that. So looking at it that way. Looking forward to that down the road. Uh, we've got Kevin Weeks coming up momentarily in about uh, 39 seconds' time. We'll tell you the second hour of Oilers now is brought to you by our title sponsor for the last seven seasons, Digitex. Hugh Porter and the staff at Digitex wish you and yours all the best. During these uncertain times, Digitex.ca, Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Just before we go to Kevin Weeks for... Uh, Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction service, electrical prefabrication solar. Kevin Weeks, of course, with the NHL Network for now. Uh, we were going to go to two texts on the Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. Ashley Fine Floors providing winning results for over 35 years. Now, these texts both relate to Kevin, so let's get to it. Uh, I got a text that came in uh, out of a Calgary exchange, or it's Jamie from Calgary. It says, Bob, do you think... Uh, Stuart Skinner is ready this year. Personally, for me, no. I, I think Stuart Skinner had a real good year. He led the American Hockey League in wins this year, but I think he's probably going to need one more year in the minors. And Camrose Flint has texted us to say, Bob, good stuff as always. Goaltending upgrade. Elvis Merzlichkin ticks off a number of boxes. Your thoughts? Well, I like Elvis Merzlichkins. To me, that would be a target uh, that I would like to get off of the Columbus Blue Jackets. But you know who knows goaltending better than me? The guy that actually played the position. Because I was the guy on the team as we bring aboard on the River Cree Resort Casino hotline. We bring aboard Kevin Weeks. Kevin, how you doing? I'm great, Stoff. How you doing, man? What's going on? I was the guy on the team because I was kind of an an offensive-minded guy. That when a goalie gave up one uh, on my uh, on my Mitchell Double A team, Guy Gadowski, the head coach of Penn State, was my center. I might have yeah. cruised back to the goaltender, especially if it was a rebound goal, and said, yeah. well, "What you were expecting us to help you out there? You got to have that one." I always tried to make light. I always tried to make light of the situation. You know what I mean? I never, yeah. I, I never, I never wanted him to make him feel like it was his fault. I'm like, do you know how bad our team is in front of you? We we had about a 500 team that year. Right. So, right. so you know, you know, was there a guy you played with that that uh, sometimes made you chuckle once in a while when you gave up a tough goal, or uh, or maybe the team oh, yeah. wasn't? Yeah. Yeah, there are a few of them, but but primarily, I'd say Sean Hill. Clinton Sean Hill when we were in Carolina. He had a great uh, a great sense of humor, super witty, um, very, very funny, really supportive too. But but he was able to kind of cut the, the tension a lot of times just with a smirk or a laugh. You know who else too? Pablo Cabina when we played in Tampa. 
was a part of that uh, that cup-winning team for Tampa in 04, defensive number 13, played in the league a long time. But Kubi was funny because a lot of times in front of me, he'd make a save. You know, he'd block a shot and make a save in the crease. And he'd look at me, he's like, did you see that? I'm like, bro, we're in the midst of an NHL game. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it was funny. It was really, really funny, man. So, yeah, those, those, uh, those types of players – uh, much like that personality that, that you were saying that you had, they help kind of cut the tension and, and bring a little bit of levity to it, for sure. Uh, I, I, I recall, and I had pulled the story on the air before, you played in, uh, you played, were you, how long were you with the Islanders for? I was with the Islanders for about three quarters of a season, yeah. Now, did you, fun. did you, uh, did you get, was Ian Herbers there at the same time, the current head coach of the Golden Bears? Was he with you at the hotel at the same time? You guys were, you ended up at the hotel, both staying at, having to stay at that hotel next to the arena? No, the Marriott there? Yeah, no, but I played with Herbie just prior to that in Detroit in the minors in the old IHL with the Detroit Vipers. Okay. I played with Herbie there. And I love okay. Herbie. I think he's, and you've heard me every time you mention his name. I always tell you to give him yeah, my best. I love I just, Herbie. Good old school, rugged, stay-at-home D-man. So we played together in the eye. He was great to me. I was just still pretty young at that time. And uh, he was great to me with the Vipers. He treated me really, really well. I liked him a lot. I know in midgets I dumped the puck in the other corner and went and nailed the defenseman. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I was gonna, I was going to eat the coho. He was he was not of afraid. Course. He was you know him and Mark Tenorti. I just oh, kind of leave those guys alone. All right. Uh, just speaking that's, of the that's a career decision. Career decision right there. Brilliant yes. by you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> rare, rare when that happens. You played for the. Uh, you're in the island. You know what it's like there. You know how about that last the game last night coming back? I mean, two nothing down against Vasilevsky. You're thinking the Islanders are done, but not so fast. Yeah, man. I mean, Tampa had that game in the palm of their hand, but the Islanders, uh, to their credit, they didn't they didn't fold. They usually don't. What was really interesting too, though, stopping for the listeners is the fact that they got absolutely waxed in Game Five. I mean, they got beat down. And to lose, I mean, they'll say a loss is a loss in the playoffs, but to lose that badly, they got decimated in that game. And for them to come back the way they played yesterday, getting down to nothing, I thought was amazing. The fact that they were able to come all the way back and win that game. Barzell was spectacular once again. Barlamov was, uh, Barlamov was, was his usual self. He was great. Great reset for him. Great reset for the team. And then in addition to that, you know, a story that people didn't really talk about, the face-off story, they were north of 55% in the face-off circle yesterday. And why that's so critical is you're playing a team like Tampa that has all that talent, and if you're starting with the puck more often than not in terms of possession, that's a, that's, that's a huge advantage. So I give the Islanders a lot of credit, and of course their fans, I don't know if those were Kokanees or Molson Canadians or what they were throwing down post-game. But uh, I don't know if you heard Beauvillier's comments post-game. He said, listen, when we came into the building, it smelled like cigarettes. At the end of the game, it smelled like beer. So I thought that was pretty funny. Well, that's just the old-school charm of that building. Um, yeah. You know, they've got that where you used to go off the ice as visiting players because that's actually now oh, closer. Yeah. They used to just – they were brutal on visiting They teams. were brutal. They were. Crazy. I play. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say this is funny, uh, but go ahead. Well, no, no. Do you, do you, did they ever get after you one time? Well, they didn't get after me when I played for them, but you know, playing against them for years and playing for the other New York area teams, including here the Rangers and City, and then uh, and then the Devils at the end of my career. Yeah, they had some of them. But some of those, some of their faithful were uh, some of their faithful were pretty 
<laughs> pretty uh, ruthless in some of the things that they say. For the most part, they treated me well. But, yeah, when you're the visiting, as you were saying, when you come out of that, that area, and usually the visiting goalie sits by there too. Yes. So as that visiting goalie and you're not in the net, you're backing up on those nights. Yeah, you can catch a lot of heat there. You can catch a lot of heat. I'll tell you one thing about that old building. As you're getting the natural sights and sounds, not sights, but you're getting the natural audio from New York City here as I'm outside at West 72nd in Columbus by Central Park. Here's the one thing. I had one night of start there when I was playing for the Islanders, and a lady actually threw her, um, she threw her brassiere, she threw her brassiere on the ice at me, at the net. She, a, a brassiere rained down, a bra rained down. So there's, there's been a lot of history in that building. There, there are a lot of stories that are passed on. Uh, you know, I, I don't think a lot of people know, but the great Billy Smith was my first goalie coach, Islanders legend um, goalie. He was my first goalie coach for the Florida Panthers and the late, great Bill Torrey, who was the architect of those uh, Islander teams as well. He was my first kind of team president with the Florida Panthers too. They drafted me. So uh, I heard a lot of the great stories about the history there. And then, of course, I got to play for them. So it's pretty now, interesting. Was her phone number written on the on the tag of the bra or anything <laughs> like that? Or? <laughs> no. <laughs> I saw the I saw the brand. It was a Playtex, but that's all I know from that point. No numbers, though. <laughs> it's one of the funniest things. I actually think that I have, I got a a picture of that, a blown up picture out of my parents' house back home in Toronto. So that was that's, really really funny. I okay. So here's my story. So I'm 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 watching the Oilers. They lost the game three two, and there was a game where Hall scored two goals in eight seconds, and Ryan Jones was on the team. And you know they're yep. they're per, they're pretty verbal as you leave the ice. And I was oh, watching. Yeah, I was watching the team, and I could tell Ryan Jones had said something, and then the entire crowd broke out laughing, like everybody just Hilarious. started. Right. So I asked him. I said, "Well, what did you say?" And he's like, "Well, you guys, you know, they're yelling at us. You guys suck." And and other things far worse than that, you know, go away, planking losers and all this stuff. And Jones looked right. up, Jones looked up, and he said, Dad, quit following the team on the road. And <laughs> they, they were That's just, brilliant. That's they brilliant. just, they just lost it, right? Like, and oh, it was like, it was like 50 people laughing. Like, it was unbelievable because it was such a. That's amazing. And uh, That's it was amazing. Like, yeah, so he was he was a really funny guy, right? Who was who was who was the funniest guy you ever played with? Like, a guy that, whoa, oh, there's so there's so many of them. I mean, Darren Langdon was was really funny in Carolina. He was very witty. Sean Hill, I mentioned Steve Ruchin because he was salty, um, but salty funny. He was really funny with us with the Rangers too. Uh, but those are those are some of the quickest witted guys that I play with. Jason Strudwick was 22 here with the Rangers as well. Strudy has a great personality, as you guys would know out there at Epicenter. Yeah, great guy. Great guy. Strudy is an awesome guy and, and has a great personality, which you all get to see now. So those are some of the more personable and, and the funny uh, from the NHL side. There are a bunch of them in the minors, too. Uh, we had a guy in Fort Wayne, one of the toughest guys in the minor circuit at the time, named Andy Bezo from out east. He's, uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I want to say Cape Breton, but Bees, Bees was about his he was as tall as this little girl's wood wagon that she's getting pulled in. He was tiny, short, a little diminutive, but very, very, very tough. And uh, Bees had some, some really good one-liners, too. So 
listen, sometimes you need that because, you know, you know, Sock, we've been around this game a long time. And from time to time, fans get a little unruly. Yeah. And, and sometimes they say things they shouldn't say. And in a tone that they shouldn't be saying them, especially for us at our place of work. And it's good when you have somebody that can kind of clap back every once in a while and put them back in their pocket. Absolutely. All right. Hey, I had two texts to open up with, so let's get after it. First text I wanted to know, is Stuart Skinner ready to be an NHL goalie next year? My response is not yet. You played the position. He's played a This is the first year he was the full-time AHL number one goalie. What's your thoughts, just from afar? I think this offseason will be critical for him. If he can get in, if he can get in a lot of ice time, that'll help him to being closer. I would agree with you. I don't know that he's ready. I think, of, I think maybe another season, at least half season in the AHL, would do him well, for sure. But I like this progression. I heard you off the top. I love this progression this year. Uh, I've been hearing about him for years through Eli Wilson, goalie coach out west, there in Van. Eli's been talking about Steve Skinner since he was young, since he went into the dub. So I've had, I've had him on my radar. Uh, I've been watching him. I like this progression this year. There was way more consistency in his game this year. And some of the dominance that you saw from him in the dub, he was able to bring to the American League this year. So I say, maybe, I, I don't think one more year would hurt him. I think, in fact, that would be better for his long-term stability in the league. All right. And Elvis Merzlichkins, we had a text. Does he check off the boxes for you for an organization like Edmonton? Yeah, I love Elvis. Uh, you know, I, I, I really like his game. He's super talented. He competes on pucks. Good size. He's in great shape. Good skill set. Uh, and, and, a, and a lot of it factors. Air quotes. He has a lot of it factor to him. Just a lot of swag. He's got a lot of belief in himself. He brings, he's electric. He's kind of, especially when he's going, he's kind of electric. And I've spoken to Manny Legacy numerous times. So, you know, we played against each other for years, even prior to coming to the league. And Manny's done a great job as our goalie coach in Columbus. And he's got nothing but great things to say about Elvis and some of his other teammates that I've spoken to echo that as well. He's got great work habits, both him and Corpusello for that matter. And and both of them have, have really progressed nicely. And I think in the case of Elvis, he has a little star factor to him. If you go back to his time playing in Switzerland, in uh, in the National League there in Switzerland for Lugano, that was coached by my buddy Greg Ireland at the time. So I think, I think Elvis has a lot of upside, and I really think he could be a good addition there in Edmonton. And a cat-friendly number, by the way. And yes. he's young enough to grow with that core, which is something soft. I mean, the oil have to get a goalie that can grow with that core. When you've got Darnell, as you heard me say all year, Norris Trophy really for me all year, at least right up there. Uh, should have been a finalist, but wasn't. But when you've got Darnell, Leon, Connor, uh, and you've got those types of players right now, you need a goalie that can grow with that group. And I think that uh, Merzlikens could be a good option for that for them. All right. Uh, speaking of goaltending, let's briefly switch focus, if we can, just to wrap up. Kevin Weeks for Canadian yep. Power Pack. The Vegas Golden Knights. Yep. Ha- uh, there is a chance we're going to see Robin Lehner tonight. Yeah. Uh, he, he left the ice first. Doesn't 100% mean he's going to start. You never know. But what's your take right. on how Peter DeBoer has handled the situation between Marc-Andre Fleury and Robin Lehner? I can't say that I love it. Uh, you know, I've known Pete a long time. Pete's an excellent coach. Uh, I think by kind of handling it this way, it's invited a lot of questions, needlessly so. And Marc-Andre Fleury, he's, he's a future Hall of Famer. He's one of the best boys that's ever played. There, you will never find anybody that has a bad thing to say about Marc-Andre Fleury. And if you do, maybe they should be on a neighborhood watch list because it wouldn't be about him, it'd be about them. He, he, he's the best trophy winner for me this year. 
I think he's had an amazing season. I know Pete's affinity for big goalies. And Robin Leonard certainly fits that. Even that Lamborghini that you just heard agrees with what I just said. So um, all that, that was a Ferrari rather, but all that to say, I don't love it because it's invited needless questions. And Marc-Andre Fleury has been the face of the franchise since its inception. Yeah. He's been amazing for them in the net. He's been amazing in the community. Now, listen, they're, they're blessed that they have two excellent options. Don't get me wrong. But the way that it was handled, especially last year, it, it's just open, needless question. So I thought Robin was great, to your point. I thought he was great in that last game in Montreal. He played exceptionally well in the 2-1 game. But uh, the fact that people know that Pete has an, interest, an inclination to go to Robin, that opened up the questions now even more than it should have. And to your point, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a start. I'm not saying I agree with it, but I wouldn't be surprised to see if Robin gets a start tonight. By the way, uh, just to give us a scouting report here, because I know you've got uh, family connections back to Alberta. Kevin Waits from Canadian Power Pack. Uh, Alberta, the province of Alberta opens up July 1st. Is it basically open in New York State right now, Kevin? Yeah, yeah, we're happy to hear that because uh, that means that we're going to be able to get back to Alberta sooner rather than later to, to see some family there, which is awesome. And more importantly, for all of you that live there full time, you can get back to normal life and try to, uh, you know, be able to enjoy all the great things about being out there. As far as New York, yeah, New York's open. Uh, as mentioned, we're on the corner 72nd in Columbus with my agent, Paul Tiafanis. Uh, in the city now, cafes are open. People are walking around. Everybody's upbeat. And, you know, the world's kind of uh, economic engine is back to being what it was. So full capacity for the Yankees, too. Uh, the Mets, nice to see things, life and the world return to normal, but especially here in New York City, it's been a lot of fun. Awesome job, Kevin. Thank you for your time. We'll touch base next week. All right, stop. Thanks so much for having me on. Thanks to all the fans out there, too. There you go. That is Kevin Weeks from the NHL Network. And brought to you every Thursday by Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction service, electrical prefabrication, and solar. Uh, when we come back in orders now, we'll get to the prospect report for Scott Arthur Millwork and Cabinetry, a legacy of excellence. Make your new dream home or custom renovation a reality. Visit scottarthurmillwork.com today. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you in orders now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 124 in Edmonton. There's an old saying in the car business, the cars cost less in Wetaskiwin. Brent Ridge Ford out in Wetaskiwin. They are committed to providing unequaled automotive excellence, resulting in completely satisfied lifetime customers. If you currently have a vehicle that you're not using enough or payments or interest rates are too high or vehicle you may want to sell, refinance, or trade in, if you're looking for something different, go visit Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang at Brent Ridge Ford or call them at 1-877-477-3673 or visit BrentRidge.com. They will take care of you. As promised, time now for the Oilers Now Prospect Report for Scott Arthur, Millwork and Cabinetry. Back in the 630 Chad Studios is Brendan Escott. Well, we talk a ton about Sebastian Kosa, so let's hear a little about uh, Swedish goaltender Jesper Wallstedt from Lulia in Sweden's top league. Another big body, not quite as big as Kosa. He's six foot three, two fifteen, top 5 in the SHL with a 2.23 goals against average to pair with a 908 save percentage in 22 games this season. So he was starting amongst men as an 
an 18-year-old, uh, picked up a couple of shutouts in the process. He was a monster at the Holinka Gretzky Cup in 2019, backstopping Sweden to bronze. Does project somewhere inside the top 10 of this draft as we see, you know, the Ooh. pattern, Bob, of uh, a lot of these teams willing to take the goalie a little bit higher than previous. Uh, scouts raving about his blend of size with great positioning and a high hockey IQ. Yeah, I've heard top 15. I hadn't heard a lot on top 10. Tomorrow, Corey Pronman from The Athletic will join us at uh, 105 to give us uh, his readings and rankings, uh, including a pretty high one on the Edmonton Oil Kings, Dylan Gunther. As for COSA, uh, both Wallstat and COSA are represented by Edmonton's Jerry Johansson. Uh, I believe they'll both be gone in the top 20 of the NHL draft, and the two organizations that those goalies ultimately go to will be very, very happy. That is the Oilers Now Prospect Report brought to you Tuesdays and Thursdays by Scott Arthur, Millwork and Cabinetry, a legacy of excellence. Make your new dream home or custom renovation a reality. Visit scottarthurmillwork.com today for more information. Now, you can text us at any time on the Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. Jamie just sent a, a shout-out here. Bob, what about Marc-Andre Fleury playing for Edmonton next year? Um, you know what? Uh, he's got a year left in his deal. I, I don't know if that's feasible. Uh, I like him. I don't like him as much. As, I mean, Jack Michaels and myself have been having a debate over the years. Carey Price against Marc-Andre Fleury. And, hey, Marc-Andre Fleury has been a part of three Stanley Cup championship teams albeit two, uh, check that, one, where he ultimately ended up being the number one goaltender. I don't. I, I think a strong argument can be, and he probably was the number one goaltender all season long, but Matt Murray ended up playing significant parts of both the, what year was it, 2016 and 2017 Pittsburgh Penguins Stanley Cup championships. That said, what's happened since Fleury went to Vegas? Vegas has been the team that's been able to play multiple playoff series, and Pittsburgh struggled ever since. They obviously moved Matt Murray last year to the Ottawa Senators. Uh, then they went with Tristan Jari. It's believed that the Pittsburgh Penguins may be the team ultimately that's in on John Gibson out of Anaheim. Uh, I don't see for the I, and I hear the acquisition cost is significant if Gibson's ultimately uh, to move. Speaking of Anaheim, Bob. What's the chances? Uh, he says, great show, by the way. Uh, what are the chances uh, the Oilers sign Ryan Getzlaff? He would provide much-needed jam and would make the perfect third-line center. <laughs> Another guy represented by Jerry Johansson. Um, I got a, Look, I got a lot of time for Ryan Getzlaff, but I think he's going to play in his entire career for the Anaheim Ducks. I just think that's inevitable. Boys like Ryan Getzlaff, to me, he was... Every bit as intimidating, maybe a little bit more honest than Corey Perry. And I hate to admit to it, I don't mind what we're seeing out of Perry with Montreal. He's a gamer. I think Getzlaff would, it's a fair comment, absolutely he would help the Oilers. He would almost be the perfect third-line center for a couple of years. I just don't see him leaving Southern California. He's got, I think he's got four kids. I think the family's pretty comfortable there. He's going to have to stomach a little bit of a rebuild, though, in that Ducks organization. Off to a global news weather traffic update with the biggest Brigham Young football fan I know. That is Eileen Bell. And when we come back out of Montreal, uh, Edmonton Sporting Icon, Montreal-based media personality, George Larocque. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.